Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Okay, Talk is brought to you by the Podbean Podcast app. The Podbean application is that it's, that's a fact. You can get instant updates of our new episodes on the Podbean app. It's free and has great features to let you easily discover, listen and even publish a podcast, whether you use an Android or iPhone. This is the app for your podcast needs. Get the Podbean Podcast app now on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Enjoy more from the podcasts you love. Like OK Talk. Now that I've danced for my dinner, it's time for our journey to begin. Alright, and what's your name? And where are you calling from? Uh, Oklahoma City. Hey, Shelly, just real quick, we're taking a secret poll off the air. Um, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? You have got to be kidding me. He does not exist. <laughs> you live in Oklahoma, though. Well, I know, but... There's a lot of people that say Bigfoot's exists. in Oklahoma. Uh, I think they're... Warning. This podcast contains adult language, graphic nudity, and linguistic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Tonight, on an all new OK Talk. Uncle Gus is married to my Aunt Bunny. My Aunt Bunny got a mustache and shit. You know one of them lady mustaches? It was real cool back when she was 20. She had, you know, ladies had them little thin ones and shit. Then when they get about 45, like on Bunny, they be having the Billy D. Williams look. <laughs> shit be thicker than the man's and shit. Aunt Bunny weighed like 300 pounds, like 250, real heavy lady and shit. And the kids were scared of her. Hi, Sasquatch. Come on down. Fear is a factor when it comes to Sasquatch. Okay, he can feel that you have fear and you're not comfortable. And they thrive on that fear. So you have to learn to get over that. They shot that Bigfoot. 
We're looking down this hill trying to figure out what the hell is going on. All of a sudden, hell, you can see it plain as day. They're loading a big body up on the tarp on the trailer. Them dirty bastards killed our Bigfoot. I don't give a crap about Bigfoot. There's a new team of paranormal investigators here to answer two questions about ghost hunting. Are ghosts for real? And why is everybody white? Oh my God. Well, if you are here, please reveal yourself. I'm Dalen, the leader of the group. We're three best friends who all had paranormal experiences as kids. Now that we're grown, we're not afraid to look for answers. Bro, I can see why they say black folks don't do this stuff. It's hot, man. Yo, this is not no magic mic, dog. I'm Juwan, and I'm a ghost brother. Are you okay with us working together as equals? We know what happens in every horror movie when the brother's by himself. My name is Marcus, and I'm a ghost brother. Time to pop the trunk on these ghosts. You all right? It's just wires and cobwebs, homie. You are not welcomed on this property. Our mission is to hit the most haunted locations in America to prove that ghosts are for real. Run! We are the Ghost Brothers. Black men like to claim the house when they're drunk. Men, period, I think, man, like to just claim their house. They want you to know if you're drunk and if they're drunk and you're in their house, that is their house. My father stand up in the middle of the cookout and say, It's my house. <laughs> no, it is. And if you don't like it, you get the fuck out. I don't give a fuck. Then he attacked the whole family, right? He said, Gus, I'm gonna tell you something. I figured out about your wife. I know where you met your wife. You told me you met your wife 15 years ago on a motherfucking camping trip and that your wife was Puerto Rican? Your wife ain't no motherfucking Puerto Rican. I thought she was when I first met her, Gus. Cause I walk up, I said, hello, it's good to meet you. My name is Vernon. And she said, hello, I'm Bunny. Goonie Google. What the fuck does Goonie Google mean, Gus? I don't know what the fuck that shit is to this day. I thought I'd learn some new Spanish shit. I went up to my friend and said, hey, Sanchez, Goonie Google. And Sanchez said, get the fuck out of here. Tonight, a trip in the Wayback Machine. Way back to about a month ago. Monica Rollins and Shelley Covington, Montana, as well as their bodyguard Don, joined Clint in studio for a discussion about the strange South. As they begin their new show together, we discuss their research and adventures. Don tells a story about being invited to leave the forest. And, believe it or not, Clint manages to put his foot in his mouth. Shocking. I know. So I've been walking around for years confused, and I finally figured out about your wife, where you met your wife. You didn't meet your motherfucking wife on no camping trip. Your wife's a Bigfoot, isn't she, Gus? <laughs> Your wife has a big foot, isn't she? That's why the bitch mustache is so motherfucking thick. But you shaved the bitch down and taught her to speak. I know a motherfucking Bigfoot when I see one. Don't bring a Bigfoot in my home, Gus, with my children. The bitch can't talk, she can't walk a flight of steps. She's not trained well, Gus. She cannot walk steps. I bet she climbed the fuck out of a tree, though, don't she, Gus? But you had to not bring her around here. Fuck her. And your motherfucking children, they're big feet too. They're half Bigfoot, Gus. Because the motherfuckers is six years old and have afro 17 inches long. They're little hairy motherfuckers just like their mother. Look at the motherfuckers. You know when I found out that they was Bigfoot? When I realized your wife was a Bigfoot when I took your kids fishing last week. I put the motherfuckers in the boat, Gus. 
and I took the worm and I put it on the hooks and they both sat there and they put the poles down in the motherfucking boat and slammed their face in the water for two minutes. And I think, what the fuck are these kids doing? Then they start moving their head like this and the motherfuckers come up with fish. I jumped back and said, can you believe this motherfucking shit? Then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goonie Google. Normal kids don't do shit like that, Gus. Do the shit again. <laughs> you are about to enter. Many thanks to Strange South Radio and to you, dear listener. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are the driver of this bus. This is for you. In the coming days we will be releasing part 2 of our Monster Hunting in Boggy Creek episode as well as another round of Screenless Sasquatch, Good Times Lay Ahead. Remember, rate and review the show. Treat this podcast like a really good STD and share it. Are y'all done taking I selfies? I love your hair, by the way. Oh, man. It is a travesty. I love his hair. Uh-huh. I do, too. It looks horrible. I usually I have it... out to do, like, a man bun on the very top. No, I usually have it, like, really tight on the sides. So it's just, like, kind of grown shaggy on the sides. But I was just wearing it long on the top and really tight. So what do you guys want to talk about? Our radio show? Yeah. Our... Upcoming because we're we're joining with Angela now and we're doing a joint venture for that North Georgia expedition. Who is Angela? Ashton, the one who I'm doing Southern Sasquatch expeditions with. Okay, so and tell me what's going on there. So we are uh, taking registration right now. We just opened up a bunch of new slots for registration. Yeah. Um, to lead a group of people out into North Georgia uh, on a little weekend bigfooting trip. Yeah. Yeah. So what do people need to do to... Uh... They need to contact us at Southern Sasquatch Expeditions and uh, just let us know via PM that you're interested in registration and Angela's taking care of that. All right. How long have you two known each other? Two years? Two or three years. Talking to the microphone, honey. Three years. There you go. Two or three years. Get it right up on you. It's okay. I know Sorry. Monica's enthralling to look at. Oh, so. I'm just listening. <laughs> so much so. <laughs> Especially under these lights. So just two or three years, that's all? Yeah. yeah. That's like that's like lifelong and big footing, right? The relationships not... in big footing are such that after, you know, a couple of years everybody just ends up hating each other. So you it, move on to the next group, a lot right? Of people do that, yes. It seems that way. But I'm a good friend, so if we're friends, it doesn't matter if I'm friends with you for six months or six it just your thickest thieves, no matter I what. Am. If mm-hmm. you've got and you've proven that you've got my back, I will always be your friend, and I will always back you up. Word, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. So, <laughs> what kind of stuff have you two done together? We did a little trip out to Skooka Meadows last summer. It was a big group of us out there camping, and 
kicking around. Of course, you know, historic Skookum Meadows where everybody wants to go. It's like Mecca for Bigfoot. So we did that last summer, and um, we also did Beachfoot together. Mm-hmm. And then we do little weekend things here and there. We just got back from uh, Arkansas uh, interviewing a witness. There. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Whereabouts in Arkansas? Near Hot Springs. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's a great place. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Those cedar cabins are awesome. We do want to talk about that, too. Can you share the uh, <clears throat> any tales of the encounter? Yeah. He, uh, he had two. Uh, one visual and one audio mm-hmm. encounter. And uh, the first one was the audio encounter, or what he feels was the audio encounter. Mm-hmm. And he's a, uh, he trains uh, hunting dogs. Hunting dogs. So he's out Coon in hunting. the bush a lot out there. Cool. Yeah, so he takes the dogs out there. He uh, sets live traps to catch a uh, raccoon and uh, possum and shit Squirrel. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Varmits. 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 That's what they are. Small varmits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just before everybody has a complete conniption fit, he doesn't feed them to the dogs. They're kept alive, and then he releases them back. Oh. So I would not support somebody who was, like, throwing live animals to dogs. I couldn't I couldn't do that. Doesn't bother me. It bothers me. I thought that's what a varmint was for. <laughs> no, it's not. Nothing deserves to get torn apart. If you've ever been bitten by a dog, nothing nothing needs to be All right. Well, while the bleeding heart over here continues to cry for varmints and such. <laughs> Shelly, how long have you been into the subject? Uh, Well, full blown, I guess probably about five years. Um, my husband told me about his encounter for probably 20 years before I figured out what he was talking about. And once I figured that out, I went probably two years or or maybe, yeah, about two years researching on my own. I didn't know anybody, didn't talk to anybody, and uh, eventually found Monica and Craig and got to know them and then got into... We're pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's all you really need to know. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) like minds, you know, come together. So um, I guess now... Probably three years full blown. I work in Bigfoot research almost eight to ten hours a day, every day. Really? She's dedicated. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm fixing to leave Wednesday for a 28 day um, excursion out to the Pacific Northwest. That'll be this summer. That'll make it about 70 days I've worked out there. So, whereabouts? I will be in the Cascades near Mount Rainier. I just got back from uh, the Ape Canyon expedition. I actually was invited down to see the historical site. Yeah? Yeah. How was that? Uh, Crazy cool. Really? Amazing. (laughs) Death-defying. Death-defying. Everything you would want in an adventure with Bigfoot thrown in there. It was awesome. Really? Yes. You want to go? To Ape Canyon? Yeah. You only have to repel like <clears throat> sheer cliffs half the way. Yeah. I'm I'm down. I'm down. I wish I was in the Pacific Northwest just period right now. Well, yeah. Just period. Me too. Well, I'm now you're that. friends with me, so we can we can get you there. We All got, right. We got the hookup. All right. Just tell me what time my flight leaves. Uh Wednesday. <laughs> the time you book 645. it. 6:45. The time you book it. <laughs> Has anything have you had any personal experiences in your five years or so okay well you have to understand i'm a very 
skeptical person, I guess, when it comes to research. I actually created a DNA kit, a wildlife DNA kit for people that actually believe they have, you know, Bigfoot DNA and such. So that's kind of my my thing is um, I really need to see what possibly is going on. But uh, last year and the year before that in the Pacific Northwest, I possibly had an encounter. I, well, the people I was with who are pretty skeptical as well are trying to convince me it was an encounter, even though we saw it walk through the camp. And uh, I had three days of solid wood knocks that I have all recordings of. And then the year before that I was with Adam Davies and we had something follow us and huff at us down a trail three times in the middle of the night. Well, I would say if you saw something, that was generally an encounter. So it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear. It was on July the 31st, August 1st, which was the night of the full moon. I had been there three days, no campfire, no lights whatsoever in a no burn area. So campers don't like to camp you know, when there's no burn in, in the Pacific Northwest, people don't want to camp. So, and we had been scouting, <clears throat> I would say, within the five-mile five radius of our campsite to make sure we were the only ones in the area. But every night, it around dusk, on the cliffs across the river, there would be a loud knock. And about every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it would get closer and closer. But it would stop. You know, at a certain, you know, probably 9 or 10 o'clock around dark. Well, the third night, it didn't stop. It kept coming. And then we had another knock on the other side of us answering. This was a huge, powerful knock that we could not replicate. We took, it took us three days to try to collect all the data, put ourselves in every situation, use every type of... Um, tree rock stump bats whatever we could you know to try to figure out if we could replicate that sound at that at that decibel i mean it was just so huge at one point i had birds flying out of a tree about i want to say 50 yards to my left down an embankment um over my campsite when the knock happened and then after what we think was something of a pop, like a mouth pop or a chest pop, and then a return knock, I see it walk in the shadows, a silhouette, you know, in the moonlight. And uh, I had another person with me. Uh, we had put, there was, uh, I believe, six of us there in camp that night. All the males were in bed put them in their tents. They're all, you know, to kind of... Nighty night. Yeah, it was... Tuck well, them in. Myself and another gentleman by the name of Nathaniel York, who is a young gentleman who'd been living in the woods for six months doing Bigfoot research. Very scientific young man, just amazing uh, guy. Anyway, he was with me. I'm looking into the tree line. We hear all this commotion going on, hear the pop, hear the return knock. And I see it, and I said, what the, you know, heck is that? Right. I don't point. I'm just looking in that direction. And he says he sees the brim of my hat and looks as well, and he sees it. 
but we see it for just a fleeting moment. You know, it's it's almost like it was on a bicycle or goes by and then immediately I told him, don't talk to me anymore. Don't tell me what you saw. You draw your picture tomorrow and I'll draw mine. So the next day we both drew the exact same image. Well, basically I saw it go between three trees and he saw it right after go down the hill. No more knocking, no nothing, everything stopped but our pictures actually matched up and we never conversed about what we saw. Wow. Have you always been into weird stuff? And yes, I claim that being into Bigfoot is being into weird stuff. But see, I'm, you know, I just like all kinds of... conventionally considered uh, weird. I, I like all kinds of the paranormal, but I do think it's interesting that there are some people that are into Bigfoot that just think all the rest of it is just gobbledygook. I don't think all the rest of it is gobbledygook. I um, I was raised by a, a state police officer who, you know, facts are facts, and that's what you deal with. Um, but I've always been interested. I remember the day that I saw the Patterson-Gimlin film. I was probably about eight years old, and my mother was sewing. I mean, I remember being extremely interested in it and thinking to myself, wow, that that's something out there. Um as far as the paranormal, other cryptids, um, UFOs, I don't disbelieve in them, but I don't partic- particularly pay a whole lot of attention to it because I've got enough on my plate. <laughs> I'm fascinated and obsessed with Bigfoot, Sasquatch, because I do believe it's a living, breathing entity, and I find that it, there's nothing about it that's why not? It just seems so real to me. Right. And um, just so many encounters that are so realistic. I'm all about wildlife behavior and trappers and hunters and just your average Joe that actually has encountered or seen one face to face, which I've interviewed many people. And I've been on many expeditions with a lot of people that were believers of other things before they got into Bigfoot. And there's a huge difference. So I keep myself very, I try to stay really level-headed and stick with the facts. You know, Bigfoot last and pro-proof is truth. And that's what's important to me. But I do think there's other things going on. As far as UFOs, that kind of freaks me out because I don't want to really know about something that's smarter than me. (laughs) But what about Bigfoot? What about Bigfoot? I think Bigfoot's got to be pretty smart. He is. I mean, he's, that's just my that's my opinion. He's a master of of you know his environment. It's the ninja of the forest. He sure is. <laughs> totally. He is right. But, but so is. are all other wildlife. You know, it's just where are they placed in the you know in the food chain? Agreed. You know, and he's the apex predator. He's the badass. You know, we are in his house. I guarantee you, if someone tried to break into your house or tried to come into your house, you could hide without them finding you. You know your house that well, right? Right. I think that's how it is with them. I mean, when I was a little girl, I would spend months in the summertime with my aunt who lived 20 miles from the nearest paved road. We could hear someone driving down the road 10 miles away, you know, 15 minutes before they got there. Right. I guarantee you that's what, you know, Sasquatch is. Same thing. And where are you from originally? I'm from here. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. Born and raised? 
Well, <clears throat> my father was a highway patrolman for years, and we were all over Texas, you know, until I think we moved here in 77, and uh, I was going into high school. I was in seventh or eighth grade and fixing to go into high school, and he was fixing to be promoted, and we wouldn't let him move anymore. It was like, no, I'm staying here. Right. Where'd you go to high school? Lakeview High School in Garland, Texas. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right on. So you guys have gotten this, you're doing these expeditions and such, um, and you have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Strange South Radio. Mm-hmm. See, maybe it's the mm-hmm. title and the fact that I thought that y'all were doing, y'all talked about all kinds of- We do talk about all kinds of things. Yeah. I'm making her she go. Is. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> investigate other. I things. get it now. Yeah. Which I'm totally great with that because, I you know, to me, I mean, I'm in, I, you know, I get in the woods with a lot of people who this is my 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 deal is is the smaller the group the better for me because when you've got five ten people that get into the woods everything is freaking bigfoot mm. or it's floating globes you can't control or it's, there with if it really a large group right there's inevitably some nuts but, that work their way in but there have been times when i've been in the woods with these people and you see a glowing light well come on let's go walk over to it i'll walk straight over to it and it may be moonlight you know reflecting off actually the leaves i mean yeah. you would be surprised and there's so what natural light things first. happen that can cause our minds to wish upon, you know, what we're seeing. I mean, people, I mean, come on, people, we're out chasing monsters and ghosts. Yeah. You know, we like to scare ourselves. I am actually interested in the truth. I think it's all fascinating. But yes, I, I, I want to go with with Monica. And the thing that I love about Monica is I could say that's BS. And she would say, all right, girl, no problem. Whereas the average Bigfooter can't do that. They'd immediately yeah. want to arm wrestle you. Exactly. For dominance. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's funny, the whole, I've just recently heard this thing about the lights in the woods or whatever, but I went to school in Abilene, mm-hmm. and there's a little town outside of Abilene called Anson, and there's a famous thing out there called the Anson Lights. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. And... uh it's a real thing now like marfa lights yeah um i've heard that marfa is kind of almost more spectacular because it's like many of them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh the anson thing is kind of a light at the end of a road but i've walked to the light and had the people that were back at the car see me and then the light come back between us but like looking back up the road i couldn't see it and the only thing that uh, I ever heard is like the kind of explanation was that, you know, it was car lights like way off in the distance. But I just the way that the things moved around, I just never really bought that. And I, I really didn't see the whole like swamp like gas thing. Light? Is it like the Bragg Road light? Because I've seen the Bragg Road light. I guess probably yeah. yeah it's, it's just the, a single light down a straight road. Yeah, you know yeah. it's the old uh, it's the old legend of the girl with the lantern or whatever. Yeah. But the way that it moves, it's not like a. You know, I always thought that if it was a, if it was a car that was you know miles away in West mm-hmm. Texas, you know somewhere, and the way that it 
angled when it came down that road, like it would always move uniformly. If it was just a car that was coming over the top of the hill, and when a car came over that top of that hill, the light that you would see would move in the same direction or do the same thing every time, you know, unless the car is like swerving all over the road. And this thing seemed to act different and last longer sometimes. And so I just never bought into the... And if it was a car, why would it be one light? Because at a distance, doesn't those two <laughs> lights cross? They they do. They, they probably do. A, a and and have you seen the, um, and I'm not sure what country it's in, it's not in the United States, but it's supposedly a hill that goes downhill, but cars actually roll up it. Oh, there's a thing like that in San Antonio. There's something like that where it's, I grew up. It was called Gravity Hill. Right. Yeah. Well, they figured out what it is. It's what your visual is with the horizon. Mm-hmm. That the hill, it's not actually. You're not good. actually going. Right. It's like it's uh, when you're in a car, you know, and you're sitting still, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And other cars move, but you feel like you're going backwards. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. That'll get you to do the whole, ah, <laughs> what's happening to me? Yeah. But see, uh, logically, even if it was like. The two lights crossing and and making it look into one, like the fact that it would last for long periods of time and then sometimes just like pop up and then immediately go, go away. Yeah. yeah. See, the Bragg Road light that I saw was it it grew big and small and big and small and Bragg Road, pretty long road and it's pretty straight and when we were coming down it it had just rained and we were the only people on the road mm-hmm. we turned around and came back and coming back is when we saw it at the opposite end of the road so my husband's speeding down the road towards it the closer we got the light you know it pulsated mm-hmm. and then it grew really big and then it blinked out and as we're driving down the road i'm looking and looking and looking thinking you know there's got to be somebody with a flashlight somebody's on a motorcycle coming at us but the no matter how fast he drove towards it it never got larger like you would expect Mm -hmm. a stationary object or even a moving object coming towards you to do and um i i was looking to see other tracks on the road and there was nothing there were no other tracks i'm thinking somebody was coming down and messing around you know they pulled off the side but it had just rained and it's a dirt road so you can see we're the only vehicle tracks coming in and i'm looking for turnoffs or a motorcycle or something and there was nothing there was only us so hmm. where's bragg road i've heard of that one it's in east texas um it's south of woodville and i used to know how to get there it's like 45 minutes from you, where i live you told me you had some sp- Sorry, I said you and you. Monica told me you had some place in East Texas that you liked a whole lot to go footing. I like a lot of. Am I wrong about that? Uh, Did I get Shelly confused with your other girl? With my other girl. Who was the other girl that you just talked about earlier? Angela. Angela? She lives in Mississippi, so I'm thinking she's not. I just got back from Falk. No, no. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said, (laughs) this is ridiculous. First of all, you have been gone all summer or something, and then you're coming back. And I understand this is Shelly. Yeah. What I'm saying is. (laughs) Yeah, but people listening don't see you pointing at her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the girl with the dark hair. (laughs) That's clear. That'll clarify. I like this. (laughs) Just come in and 20-year professional over here, Monica. You're right. 
Schooling you. Shelly <laughs> Shelly has been gone all summer because when Monica said she wanted you to come up, I was like, she's in town or what on the phone? Yeah, you're in town for a week. Because she was but up I swear in the Olympic Peninsula when, with the Olympic project. And this could have been you just. I, I think this was before we had actually. It was definitely before we had officially met. But this is like you said something about uh, Jefferson. I swear you said that you knew that she knew some place in East Texas. But There's a place in East Texas I like to go. Mm-hmm. This is all on the record anyway, so I can That's pull fine. it all out. I, I've taken many of people there. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do training camps there. I like it. Where is that? It is between Woodville and Jasper. And uh, it's a little um, Army Corps of Engineers camp yeah. on, the, on Lake Steinhagen. Steinhagen. Yeah. I'm from East Texas and I've never heard of that lake. You don't know Steinhagen? Uh, the, don't make me lie, the Angelina and the Sulphur River flow into it at the top. Sulphur mm. River is the bomb. Yeah. And there's a wildlife management area on the north end where the two rivers come in together. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's pretty cool. And um, I haven't been out there in a couple of years because it's like well, we need to go five back hours away. We got to drag Dom back to his uh, encounter we need to do that, and we also need to go out to the famous campsite in Sam Houston. Call bullshit. Yeah. I thought y'all were going to do we that. We are. We are. Yeah, it's going to. I've been there, but yeah, we'll That's go That's how back. we know where we're going. And we need to go to Angelina National Forest. Mm-hmm. And we need to go to the Sulphur River. Are you taking notes? I will go to the Sulphur River. <laughs> I love the sulfur. I mean, I'll go on any river. Sounds like just they need a secretary. Just gotta watch out for the meth, the meth stills. <laughs> well, he's our chauffeur and our bodyguard. Yeah, our bodyguard, yeah. He keeps yeah. us safe. And he, and he feeds us, too. Yeah, he does. And and random people in the restaurant. And he makes sure we've got enough alcohol for our And he's time. a camp cook. So, yeah. So, like, we went, we were on expedition with Melissa and Rob. And Don was the camp cook. And here comes Dr. Meldrum and... And everybody. Yeah, and everybody. You can smell bacon. You can smell <laughs> bacon. Starts wandering to Dawn. <laughs> yeah, and Dr. Meldrum wouldn't leave Dawn's side because <laughs> the food was so good. Now, this bacon right here, is this for me? Is this bacon going to be going into my pie hole? This bacon here? <laughs> and he likes... Um, that was my Meldrum impression. That's awesome. I don't know. It's just <laughs> off the top of my head. I hadn't heard him recently. but I haven't heard him recently either. He just came out with a new... Um, guide his uh big footing guide he's revised it cool yeah so oh look at this one over maybe here. he'll well if you've seen him talk twice you've seen everything oh, yeah. he has I, to say he comes so. up to the olympic project when i'm there and or I, i've been there when he's talked and have you met very um david ellis yeah david ellis and i are very close of course yes well david ellis and i are very close i love really david. so there you go <laughs> I talk to him on the phone a lot, so. Well, I text him too. I do. on the weekend and everything. I don't, well. Do you go to the movies together? He lives a long way away, so. Well, I go and hang out with David all the time, so. Do you go to the movies and text and everything? No. We do text, but. I know you do. If I, well, I'll put it this way: any of my audio absolutely has to go to David at all times, just because awesome. I trust yeah. him that much. You know, he's an amazing man. He has done great things and taught many people how to look at audio in a whole different light. You mm-hmm. can actually read it on a spectrogram. That's 
you know, and compare it to other wildlife. So he's a great guy. Um, That's how I got to know him because I was in Falk and I got how that in Falk. Falcon A. Wow. Falcon A, man. That's cool. That is cool. I was just there two weeks ago and uh, all that was there was. A bunch of damn chiggers. <laughs> there was no big chiggers. Fuck was, chiggers. Oh my god, it was awful. But anyway, yeah, it was. That's it was very cool. I'm supposed to go. There's a a Yankee is coming down down from uh, Maryland actually, and I'm supposed to go up and meet him the first week in August. Is it, um and the who? Yeah, is this a Yankee we would know? You may know him just from Facebooking and stuff. His name's James Rester. He's like a horn player from Maryland. A horn player? Yeah, he plays cool. in an orchestra. Like oh, a professional cool. musician. It's pretty cool. It's funny because now now that I've met him or so whatever. So you tours of Falk now? Because you got screamed at? No. You're the go-to for Falk? Everybody needs to contact you. Horse yes. shit. Horse yes. shit. And he will guide you out to the scream area. And Wait, can I ask you what you month two can relish of the, the year this was in? I'm just it gathering data in my the head. last week of April. April. Yeah, it's when Seth was down filming. Yeah, oh, okay. I was up there for that. Okay, Seth's such a great guy. He's I cool. narrated Beast of Whitehall. Gotcha. So he's okay, got the okay, rocking, yeah, voice right. for radio, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Welcome to Bigfoot Country. I'm going to be calling you now to do our intros. Okay, on our intro. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, that's why I was there, and uh, we we had. Uh, like, so we spent all day on kind of the the west side of Mercer Bayou, mm-hmm. and we interviewed Doyle. From the Misfits? No. Vanderhedo? But it would be funny if he was in the Misfits. <laughs> it would be freaking awesome. He's in, that, uh, he's in that Monsters and Mysteries or whatever with uh, the Lyles on about Falk. In the Swamp no. Stalker one. Yeah, Miles on a lot of things. Yeah, no, I know, I but... Know Monsters and Mysteries cool. in America. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just talking about the Falk thing in particular. But, uh, so I'd seen him when he came out, you know, like he walked out of his house and was like, hey, I just watched you yesterday on TV or whatever. But anyway, so we were hanging out on this side, but we we had like a witness that they wanted to interview the first day that we were there, that I was there. It was like Monday. And I'd done this shift, like I get off at seven in the morning or whatever after I babysit this place. And I drove there directly from here to Texarkana, mm-hmm. pass out, woke up, ate dinner with them and stuff on Sunday night. Then Monday morning we go running around. They had tried to interview this lady the day before and where they were trying to talk to her, there's like a gun range. So there's pew, pew, pew in the background. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's Smith. Isn't that Smithville or what is that? It's, yeah. So Lyle knew a guy who had a big parcel of land and called and said, can we come out to your place and they can set up an interview this person. And he runs a Boggy Creek beehive. His name's Clint Harris. Yes. And so if you've ever seen Clint, then you'd probably know why this Clint and that Clint would get along because he's beard, long hair. And so he and I are just standing on the side of his porch. I'm just like, what's going on, buddy? You know, like immediately like sidling up next to him and (laughs) his wife and his baby are out of town. And so I was like, hey, when uh, I know all of these, all these squares are going to be going to bed tonight. My hours are all jacked up. So like when we get done filming, if you want to hang, you know, he's like, come on, man. You know, so we left. So we're on this side of Mercer 
you know, on the west side of Mercer. And I drove up all the way into Texarkana because he asked me to get him beer. <laughs> and I drive back down. He lives on this side, right? Uh-huh. And I mean, it is middle of nowhere. Like it's county road, county road, county road. When we went out there in the daytime and Lyle knew where he was going, he stopped and was like, Hang on, because I'm not sure that this is the driveway up to his yeah. place. Great. But the only people that live there are Clint's place. His parents live over here, and then there's a church. Nobody else lives within six miles of that area, right. pretty much. So anyway, I get out to his house. He's sitting on the porch playing his banjo, cross-legged. Their house is kick-ass. Like, it's a cabin, but it, I mean, yeah. it's so fancy. And we just started hanging out probably like within 45 minutes or so. I'm looking, just looking at the stars, like standing out in front of his place. And I'm recording because for the podcast, you know, I'm kind of doing like these little daily updates of us being out there. I'm like, hey, hold on. I'm going to give a Bigfoot howl real quick. And I swear I've never done this before in my life, ever, mm-hmm. not once, ever. And I... And on the other side of the tree uh, line, there's a like a, and he's like, "That's a cow." And I'm like, <laughs> "Thank you." He said, "That's a cow." <laughs> and then, uh, and then we got screamed at. Oh wow, that's not a cow. Um, do you have the recording? Yeah. Of course you do. You send Sweet. it to David Ellis, right? And actually, so I was sitting like, and it completely changed me. Yeah. Because I was like, I literally said to him. Did that just really fucking happen? Yeah. And Cliff Barrickman was the one that was like, you need to send it to Dave. I sent it to Dave by the time that I got back, you know. Yep. That's how we. uh, That's how you rolled. That's how we got to be buds. And this was just last April. Yeah. The last week in April. And I'll play you the. uh, That's awesome, That's dude. Amazing. That is awesome. Those are those. Sounds like a train whistle. And you immediately wet your pants and ran out of the area? And Dave said he thought that it's a female mm-hmm. and a male. Mm-hmm. That's the- really cool, though. I and love- those are below human decibel range, aren't they? Is that what he told you? That first one that sounds real raspy, mm-hmm. like it, the harmonic showed up on it. Like it has like the five step harmonic. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the thing that's interesting about it is it doesn't, um, like we recorded at Mercer. I got, I, I did a howl like the next night and got some coyotes going. Mm-hmm. And when you put those in, it's like, they look like a, a U, right. like an upside down U. Mm-hmm. And that last one, it it doesn't drop. It just kind of like right. steps down. And uh, he said that the harmonic signature on that other one just shows how further, much further away it was. But see, like, so I'm just holding my phone, you know. I'm it's like, on your phone? He said it's a cow. Yeah, which is my iPhone. <laughs> I'm like, he's, you know, he said it's a cow. And then right then I hear this behind us. And I turn and see, I thought to the naked ear. I thought that was all one thing. Mm-hmm. And like 
I remember the break in between it because you can hear, I start to say, and it just keeps going. And then after that last one, I was like, did that just really fucking happen? What'd your buddy say? Dude, this guy, like besides doing the beehive thing, he works in, does the controlled burns in the area. Like he's a, Mm-hmm. Like a ranger. I mean, he lives right there, you right. know, and he's like, I've never heard anything like that before. And I mean, he'll text, like, he just would text me, Swamp Wookie. You know, like, we just, <laughs> now we're. I love Swamp Wookie. And again, we're. It kind of bonded us for sure, because, I mean, we haven't stopped talking about it or just shooting the shit about it. That's amazing. Congratulations. I know. I think That's I really kind cool. of like pissed everybody off because I just walked out there <laughs> and jackassery. I'm like laughing as I said, hey, let me give a Bigfoot howl. And the next morning, you know, everybody else is like all beaten down from filming. And my jackass, I'm just out there just like, woo. <laughs> They're pretty pissed. Let's just be honest. You can imagine Lyle was like, I've been out here for 40 years and I've never captured anything. You son of a bitch. He came at me with a dagger from behind his back. And... Ah, that's awesome. I love but, that. Yeah. You can get Lyle to take us out there too. You can do oh, it. Yeah. Out there. Oh yeah. He texted me today. Did he? Mm. I love Lyle. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. He's he so mad at me. They were all just so disappointed. Lyle is not like that. No, but what's crazy is how I said that we were interviewing that dude Doyle right there on the water. So that would have been, you know, probably six hours before I captured that, right? Well, the next day, we're hanging out that morning or whatever, and I'm kind of sharing with them what I've captured before I was able to, you know, have it enhanced or whatever. And, I mean, you can still hear it on my iPhone, but it's still that, like, you, know, you got to listen. And they were saying that during filming, so they're down there interviewing the guy. It's like Lyle and Seth and two directors, Aaron and somebody else. And so me and this other guy had like walked back up the road and we're walking down this logging road. And I'm just filming like how dark it is, mm-hmm. you know, in the forest, like where you stick your hand in there kind of thing. And so apparently... While they were down there by the water, they got two different howls on tape. So when we got home, like after I sent that to David a couple of days later, they sent me the little isolated clip of the howls, and I sent that to David. And when he put them in the spectrogram, they looked exactly the same. Very cool. Now, as the crow flies where they were and where we were, were probably like... 10 miles, mm-hmm. maybe. Awesome. So, I mean, that's nuts. That's crazy cool. Yeah, it affected me. We need to me. take you out, clearly. Clearly. You need to be our The Tyler Howler ever over here. Yeah, we have you as our screamer. Jeez. I mean, you could not have been joking more than I was joking. <laughs> you can be our trunk monkey for howling. So, And I, I mean, everybody that listens to the show realizes, you know, like have a... A laughable attitude towards a lot of this stuff. I don't you make fun of it, to, but though, you, right. you, know, you can't take it yeah. too too seriously. Like, or I like talking about people of Bigfoot just as much as Bigfoot, you know. But people yeah. are all like, 
Hey, 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 you son of a bitch, that's what you get. <laughs> out in the woods. Hey. Welcome to the Holy Shit Club, motherfucker. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the Podbean podcast application. The Podbean app is far and away the slickest way for you to digest your favorite podcasts. You can get instant updates of new OK Talk episodes, as well as other shows like Sass What and our friends at Monsterland Ohio Radio, just to name a few. You've been saying you want more OK Talk in your life? Make it happen. Check out the Podbean app. It's free, has great features, and lets you easily discover, listen, and even publish your own podcast if you dare. Since Matt and I started OK Talk, Podbean has held our hands all the way, answered all of our questions, and has been a great partner for the show. Whether you use an Android or an iPhone, this is the app for all of your podcast needs. Get the Podbean podcast app now on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Enjoy more from the podcasts you love, especially OK Talk. (laughs) Hey, that's sort of like, you know, after I saw what I saw. Now, mind you, I'm the girl that I go to Washington and act like, Hey, I'm not scared of anything. I'm a I'm gonna camp it, over by the tree line, away from all y'all. <laughs> and I did, and I slept in that tent right by that tree line where it walked that night. But I tell you what, six days later when I came back, I didn't camp over there no more. Pinched <laughs> your tune, didn't you? After it's yeah, I mean I couldn't listen to the audio for six months. Really. I was okay the entire time I was in the moment and there. It's like the adrenaline yes. pushed you through all that. But then you got home and you're like, holy crap, what was that? Yes. After I looked at the picture I drew and drew and, and Nathaniel's picture and all the audio that everybody had caught. And, just, and then six days later, I hadn't even told you about this part. Well, we leave after three days. After we do all our analysis and there's nothing else happening, we leave, we go around, we come back six days later because nothing else is happening throughout the state. And I put my tent between the two guys' t- tents because the other guys had left because I'm not sleeping over there by that. I'm not sleeping over there anymore. And I wake up probably right before daybreak, about 30 minutes before, and I'm thinking I'm dreaming. And I keep thinking... What the hell is that noise? And after the second time I woke up, I realized something was throwing shit at the tree next to my tent. Very loud and bouncing off the ground. And I know it wasn't pine cones. Hmm. And I know it wasn't elk Mm -hmm. because I knew what was in my camp. And these are like ponderosa pine or bishop pine, you know, the really Mm -hmm. skinny trees that only have the little... uh, greenery at the very top they're like 30 feet tall but the pine cones are like this big tiny this stuff was hitting the tree and bouncing and boom 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 you know i mean it was a big sound and it was repetitive it went on for 30 minutes did i have my recorder on no i was tired i just got back from the coast and we got there really late threw up our tents got my tent with my clothes on passed out but someone else had the recorder on but Mm -hmm. no one woke up the next morning i asked did you hear anything and i found things around my tent i found firewood pieces like this big i brought them home and rocks Mm -hmm. all around the tree and around my tent from the campsite above me and i know where it came from i had been all over that place and remember there was a burn ban Mm -hmm. i knew where there was firewood 
and it was broken. And someone caught the audio, and it went on for 30 minutes, and they apologized to me because it was so incredibly loud. You hear me calling out. Lurk. No, I'm calling out to the other guys because it's so loud. But did I see it? No. So I can't prove anything. I didn't see what threw it at me or if anything threw it at me, but I found random stuff, and we have it on recording. So after that, I wouldn't listen to anything for six months. It's good stuff. Right. It was. I can show you. I've got pictures. I've got the audio of the knocks on my phone. The other audio I don't own, so I can't really. I can share it with you, but I can't release it publicly. Sure. Well, it's it's funny. Just uh, kind of dominated my like all I thought about for a month solid, and then I was able to kind of separate myself from it for the last mm-hmm. month or so, and then just telling you guys about it and being around somebody who knows what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. over here, the hairs on my arms are standing up, and I'm like, oh boy. That one there got ran out. He got invited to leave the forest. Can we can we get him? Can we get him on microphone? Do you want to talk, Don? It's Don, right? Yes. Yes. Don, uh-huh. you want to get on this? That one doesn't work. You'd have to boot one of the girls. You can come over here by me. I mean, I make it sound extremely dramatic, and it is. But he was <laughs> there, not me. So, talk to me, Don. Give us a story. Oh, I was uh, I was camping by myself one Sunday night 35 years ago now, waiting on a buddy to come in the next morning for deer hunting. Had a small fire built. Something came around the fire, just out of firelight, and the further it traveled around in a semicircle around me, the ladder it got. And I was armed to the teeth, and I'm not scared of the woods, but I couldn't hold all my guns at the same time. And uh, when I heard the tree limb break, that's when I backed out over the fire and left. Now, you were in East Texas? Yeah, I was in Yellow Pine, Texas. And, I mean, people need to understand that. You know where Carthage is? Yes, oh, yeah. Um, You go south from Carthage about 35 or 40 miles. There's a spot in the road called Yellow Pine. Okay. And people need to know, in Carthage, Texas... Yeah, there aren't grizzly bear. No. There aren't there really aren't black probably bear. Not. I mean there are there black are. bear in Texas but probably 30 years ago not. I mean to be honest with you that's why we got rid of the black bear because over the last 50 years we just shot whatever we wanted to and drove a lot of that stuff out. But even if there were the likelihood that a black bear would approach you with a fire in East Texas is just highly unlikely. Well, I thought it was a cow at first, by the way it sounded. Then I realized there's no cows in the forest. And, it, uh, I mean, it was that big, like it was it, that it just got louder kinda... and, and more. I never heard a growl, never heard a grunt. It just the sound it made walking through the dead leaves got. It was uh, louder and louder, like it was being aggressive with his feet. That'd be a good description. But uh, I'm armed to the teeth, and I'm standing against my tailgate. And when I heard the limb break off, and it was a big limb that broke the way it sounded, I said, that's it. I'm out. I backed out over my fire, turned on every KC light I had, trying to hold guns and drive at the same time. And my buddy found me at the cutoff the next day and next morning when he came out to hunt. And uh, he said, what are you doing up here? And I said, you can go in there and spend the night. I'm done. Something invited me to leave, and I took it seriously. And uh, I finally 
she convinced me to go back last summer, and I was really uncomfortable getting down in there. Well, we went down there the next day, and the limb that we found, granted it was on a pine tree, but it was seven feet off the ground, and it was twisted off. It wasn't snapped. Wow. It was a side twist. Wow. And I never went back. But six months later, the same guy, we were doing some enhanced hunting without lights, with night vision when it was still brand new technology. And uh, we were shooting coyotes without spotlights at night. <laughs> the sheriff couldn't see us with no lights. Of on course. Right? <laughs> of course. But, uh, yeah, we, we saw something we couldn't identify, and we wouldn't shoot it because we couldn't identify it. But uh, we all three came to a general consensus that what we saw looked like a ghillie suit. It was about eight feet tall. Wow. And we watched it for a while. And uh, kind of faded out on the hunt after that. That was between Athens and Emory. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, the hunting kind of stopped. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. But anyway, it's not that noteworthy, but except to me, I didn't go back for 34 years. I didn't I didn't want to go. No, I would say that it is noteworthy if there's a... You're from Texas also, obviously. Right. yeah. But I used to camp in... Uh, my grandparents were from Arkansas mm-hmm. and Falk. Mm-hmm. I camped in the Connecting Bottoms up there when I was a teenager, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. With a pellet gun, a fishing pole, and a poncho. Ready to go, man. Yeah. and the Country boy can survive right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was a Bigfoot up in there with me. And when, when the Legend of Buggy Creek came out in 1972, it freaked the hell out of me because I'd been camping all up through there, and I'd never seen anything. So, But uh, I quit camping up there as well. I was done. Wow. But anyway, I'd related these stories to her without saying what I thought, and... uh one day she snapped and said, you saw a Bigfoot? And I said, I didn't say that. I said, I know what I think I saw. And uh, I unleashed the monster on Bigfoot, the researcher. Well, you said, because we were, t- we were talking about the first story of the campfire, and I said, that's a Bigfoot. And you said, I don't want you to think I was crazy. Okay. And then we were talking about the other one, and I said, and you saw one, and you said, I didn't say that. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's all the viability I have. I think that's great, though. I mean, I think, you know, like, I grew up in the woods, East Texas. My dad's from Quitman. I mean, my mom's from Natchez, right? You know, I know exactly where Natchez is. Okay. I mean, she 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 says she's from Palestine because nobody knows about Natchez, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she said Palestine because that's where my grandmother ended up living. But, uh. You know, they had a farm in Natchez, and I was kind of the same way. Like, I grew up all over those woods and hunting and fishing, and when I was in, like, seventh grade, we drove to Alaska. It took, like, six Shit. weeks to drove and dr- came all the way back, and, like, Damn. I was fascinated Damn. by the whole... Uh, That's hardcore, man. Yeah. yeah. But, like, as a little kid, trip. like, the Alaskan bear tails thing, that was, like, you know, I was terrified. And, and so when I started hearing that there was this monster in the woods of East Texas. I was like, really? And now, um, every time that I go home, which is often, I'm blown away by like, how did it not click? Like the vegetation, you know, you, when you can't see five feet in the forest or, you know, and I've always been that way. Like if you just threw me in the woods and you'd spin around a few times, you know, you're gone. I think that if you had a relative who had had some kind of an experience then maybe you would have heard of something like a booger or whatever, you know, but the term Bigfoot and all that, it just never, 
you know, it never crossed. It but never as soon as I started getting into it and talking to my family, just like a couple of Thanksgivings ago, my uncle, he still lives way deep in the woods. And when you go to your uncle's oh, house. yeah, oh, yeah, you know, but they just never, never called it the same thing. It's, it's amazing how many. But the thing that that I thought was crazy was or not crazy, but just I, I couldn't believe it was that he told me this story for 25 years. I've known Don since I was 14 and I'm 52 now. And I just couldn't click because my family had never really talked about Bigfoot being in Texas, you know, and the more people that I interview, the more that I find out that they're like, oh, yeah, there's my grandparents, you know, had had known about him. There's a guy in South Texas that had an amazing encounter where his grandparents knew about him. He could tell they've known about him all their life. And they had a face to face with one where the where the uncle pulled out a gun Whoa. and this guy was there and it was during the daytime yeah doyle and it, it it's it's a pretty scary encounter and when it was all said and done they went back to the house and the grandma said well i i hear that you guys had a had a visitor because this thing was roaring at them she knew exactly what it was hmm. so you know it's it's almost like some people just took it in stride and didn't talk about it I know there's a, a a gentleman in Rockwell County that is a, a minister that's known about him for years, and everybody keeps telling me, you need to go talk to him. You need to go talk to him. I just haven't gotten around to it. Really? Yeah. Um, I interviewed a police officer in Rockwell County that had a white one walk across for real. the highway in front of him. Yeah. Speaking of white ones, I was out at uh, Lake Worth the other day. I need Monday. It's kind of the first time that I've been out in that area since knowing about Lake Worth. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Matt's from right there, but I, I just didn't grow up with the Lake Worth monster as a thing. And we went from Lake Worth up north of Azel. Mm-hmm. Up into Springtown? And almost to Springtown, but I mean, kind of out, you know, over by the lakes. Yeah, because like, there's there's a the lake. actual Lake Worth, and then there's like a couple of little smaller feeder, yeah, pondy areas. But that place where is the like UFO the UFO thing with Nick was. It's I, out in that area. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The place is like the jungle, mm-hmm. man. Well, the Brazos River's not far from there, correct? Is that mm-hmm. correct, Don? Brazos mm-hmm. River, no. Up up in uh, Springtown. In I didn't know the Brazos was that far north. I think so. No. No. West, more west. I lived in Springtown as a when I was real little, but my mom lives there. For real. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Granberry. Oh, that's way south. Yeah, that's south. Okay. Quite a ways. Lake Granberry's pretty cool though. It is Lake Granberry's real nice. And that's my family. We spell it differently because General Granberry. Really? Had his name changed when he was documentation on that. Yeah, when he was thrown into prison, the Yankee prison, uh-huh. and they put him in. They spelled his name B U R Y because the Yanks. Yeah, I don't know how to spell. Exactly. <laughs> his wife actually waited for him to be released, and she ended up dying oh. outside of the prison. Oh, that sucks. So oh. she wasn't there to, you know, validate the change or whatever of his uh-huh. name. So when they buried him. 
they buried him and spelled it wrong. B U R Y. They named the town after it, but they've since so changed did your the spelling on his family fight for the South. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. Been here that long is what I'm asking. <laughs> History's history. It is what it is. For the North. Is. Sorry. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I have the letters. No. Well, I was saying Yankee just because Yankee. I really don't care. I don't either. I'm not fighting. I, but I mean, he really was put in a Yankee prison and they misspelled his name. That is why it is spelled yeah. B-U-R-Y. So there's like a branch in our family tree where. It's spelled differently. It's spelled B-U-R-Y. Cool. And I played basketball with a guy who had the same last name as me, except he was black, and he would always give me shit and be like, my grandparents were probably your grandparents' slaves, man. <laughs> we cousins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, why don't you guys, uh, let's one more time, tell, tell everybody about what you got going on and how to get in touch with you. So we've got the uh, North Georgia Expedition coming up in October. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela Ashton and I put that together. It's the Southern Sasquatch Expeditions, and uh, Shelly is joining us. So now it's more of a Strange South Radio, Southern Sasquatch kind of joint venture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just opened up uh, a bunch of new um, slots for the for the expedition because previously we were pretty well booked up. Uh, so you can contact us on Facebook at Southern Sasquatch Expeditions. Just send a PM. Uh, and Angela will be taking care of the registrations. And then Shelly and I have our podcast, uh, Strange South Radio, that uh, we're going to be doing our next episode here in the next few days. Um, You can find us on Facebook, uh, Strange South Radio. On Facebook, you can also find us on Twitter Twitter under Radio Strange. You can find us on YouTube, Strange South, and you can contact us if you have any stories or any kind of weirdness that you want us to investigate because well the topic of this conversation was mainly bigfoot we do investigate ghosts and other cryptids so if you've got a story especially local legends because i really like the small town Mm -hmm. small ones that maybe not everybody's heard of and we definitely want to hear your encounter of whatever it was yeah whatever yeah you can contact us at strange south radio at gmail.com and share your story or reach out to us and we'll get in touch with you and we'll either go investigate or we can get you on the show, at least share your story somehow. Awesome. You've seen these books like at Walgreens or CVS or somewhere that are like, they're paperbacks about this size and they're like a historical Dallas or a historical Fort mm-hmm. Worth and they yep. kind of have like old timey photos and kind of tell you the history of the area. Well, the Walgreens on Mockingbird, I walked in there the other night and I noticed, you know, that same little rack, mm-hmm. but they had like a haunted Dallas. Really? And I was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I found out that the the building I work in is haunted. And, and the security guard um, was showing me some footage, and it was creepy. It was creepy. There is something that walks through my portion of the building, my corporate offices, and their motion sensors. And if there's movement, the lights come on. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got it on video where you'll see the lights come on here, come on there, come on there. Oh, come like on there. it's moving. In yeah, the... like something's moving and in, in hitting the motion sensors, and then. A computer screen will light up like the mouse has moved. That area, like kind of lake view e like mm-hmm. Munger, and uh, like so if you take uh, Skillman, Abrams. Yeah, down south. Um, yep. So like right there where the landing is, do you know the, yes. the old bar, yeah. the landing? Yeah. Okay, so you know those old, like they've turned all those old houses into like quad apartments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, 
after the big, you know, the four. Uh, there's an exact name for that it's kind a of fourplex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. But those are all like that. You're right. That's that. Those old houses or whatever. This dude that uh used to um, cut my hair lived right over there. Back when and you cut. when I got it cut, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love her. And he told me that uh, he was always like he was always into the shit. And he told me that like uh, he had walked into his place one day and there was a dude sitting on the banister with his legs crossed like this. Just looking at him uh-huh. like so with his ass just on the banister with his legs crossed like this. Like propped up, like he's them. balanced like, on and, the banister, and, and he walked really? in, really, like he, the angels from prophecy. Yeah, he walked like in the, and he saw him, and and the dude, like the thing, looked at him and noticed that he noticed him and disappeared. That's crazy. That's but uh, the lady, <laughs> so it completely flipped him out. But he had been having like weird stuff happen in that area, and apparently that whole neighborhood over there is all civil warry. Uh-huh. I guess like some of that land that it's on, some stuff must have happened in that area right. because the woman that's uh, the real the realtor mm-hmm. told them that they were she was showing one of those places one day and mm-hmm. they were standing in the kitchen. The guy that was looking to rent it was like standing in front of her. She had her back to the window and the guy's face like had this weird look on his face and she turned and there was a dude in Civil War clothes just wa- that walked right by the window. That's so cool. Like in between the little dude in Civil War clothes that isn't like reenacting. I don't. I do. I do. I do. I love ghosts. I love sightings like that. That's awesome. I know, right? I wouldn't have thought that there was a lot of battles out this far, though. I mean, I know there were some out near where I lived in um, Livingston, out in East Mm -hmm. Texas, but I. I don't know if it was. I'd like to say it doesn't even have to be a battle. You know, I mean, it could have just been a thing, like something that was. I mean, it could have been like a family trauma event that happened there. You know, and it's just. When I think of the Civil War, I think more like Georgia, Alabama, like deep south. And everybody, I mean, a lot of people see soldiers. Yeah, that's. I wonder why, because. Well, if I mean, you know, like on the uh, like at Gettysburg, you know. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you die on the field, you're probably pretty well stuck there. I mean, I I think that if you die a traumatic death, it's possible that you don't know you're dead or it's, I don't know, so jarring your spirit stays for whatever reason. You have unfinished business. I mean, there's, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the ghost whisperer show. You know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, the ghost whisperer show. Uh, Okay. So the, the lady that, that, was based off of uh-huh. she doesn't look like jennifer love hewitt uh, but really so her bit was that <laughs> i really like TV her uh, i really like her line like she's just real straightforward like i picked up her book one day in half price and was reading it and she's real straight to the point like i don't really care if you believe me or not but this is what mm-hmm. happens and she was saying that you know everybody when they die you usually know that you're gonna die or you're usually accepting of the fact that you die yes and you have like 72 hours or so where you're here you you know you get to kind of like acclimate to the fact that you're dead you see your family kind of let you go you know do your funeral your memorial service that would and you go and there's and there's like a light that you that's clearly there ready for you 
whenever. You choose to go. When you, and when then you the longer that you stay, the, dimmer the, the light. shorter the light gets, and the dimmer the light gets, and the smaller and the further away it gets. She said for the people who are like, if you can imagine you're a teenager and you're drunk and you wrap your car around a tree. She said, those are the times when I'll just be driving down the road and I'll notice somebody on the side of the road and it's like they're angry. They have no idea that they're dead. Like it just happened like that, you know, and it they've weren't ready for it, weren't accepting of it. And for whatever reason, and she's like, that's. You know, that's generally See, when you get like okay, a lot of crazy I don't activity. Like that thought because when my son was killed in an accident like that, and the thought of him hanging out at that uh, fucking say, street yeah. corner because he doesn't know he's dead is horrifying to me. Okay, well, I would have never have told you that story if I thought that I knew that. <laughs> so now, who's the asshole? <laughs> You see the look on my face? I mean, uh, clearly they can't see it on the radio. No, we're on radio, remember, Monica? They can't see your face. I said if you can see the look on my face. She's (laughs) She's talking. I'm like, oh. I'm saving my balls from being kicked because I'm trying to make you laugh. But other than that, I felt like I got visually looked at like, what the fuck is your problem? Well, no, you don't know. I don't. Do you feel, do you feel like he would be? You know, I really struggled with that because of. My belief in ghosts. When he died, in in thinking, you know, holy shit! I mean, because he didn't see it coming. He was crossing the street, and somebody ran a kidding? red light. Yeah, he was in the crosswalk, and she blew through the light, doing seventy, and just nailed him. It's right as he was stepping up on the curb, and um, he didn't never regain consciousness. I mean, he died four hours later at the hospital, and uh, you know, I, I was really worried. You know, he didn't know he was dead. Because it was so sudden. I mean, he's there one minute and, you know, literally a second later, he's 50 yards down the road. And uh, that really bothered me. And then I thought, oh, God, well, maybe he was in the hospital because he died in the hospital. He didn't technically die on scene. I mean, he did, but they brought him back. But you Well, know, that was this just... is where the whole concept of like guardian angels or family members, this yeah. is where they come into it, too, is that. It's not just as simple as where you die, you die, and you die alone, and now you've got to figure it out well, on your no, own. no, I don't believe that. No, but I just think that, you know, you die so suddenly you don't realize you're dead. I mean, like, one minute his body's there, and the next minute it's 50 yards down the road, and he's still, he still, he makes it to the curb, you know, his spirit, I don't know. And I did really, like I said, struggle with that for a while. And there was one point where I was the way my house is situated, his bedroom is right next to mine. And with my bedroom door open, I could look into his bedroom through his door. And um, I was coming out of the shower and I happened to have my bedroom door wide open. And I just glanced over coming out of the bathroom and I could see the hallway. And I swear it was him. And he was crouched down kind of by in the doorway of his bedroom. And I went, <gasps> like this and it was like he went like that and stood up and like faded off into his room and i don't know if i mean uh, i mean i swear that's what i saw but again i'm grieving clearly a sudden loss of my firstborn so i mean how much of that was my mind jacking with me too you know i you know don's mom i took care of her for about five years and I watched her 
her die. Yeah. And uh, she was at home with us. Mm -hmm. And and she was a devout, fundamental Christian. Just one of the, the most wonderful people in the world. But anyway, she would tell me, she knew she was dying, and she would tell me, Jesus is over there. She would see Jesus. Yeah. A lot and of people would, report there. They say, my grandma's here. My dad's, well, my dad died. He died at home. And I told him, go ahead and let go, dad. I said, grandma and grandpa are waiting for you. Because he was hanging on. He didn't want to die. And she kept reporting to me that he was closer. Oh. Every, you know, the closer her death came, he was, he's at the door. He's at my bed, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually when she passed, I kid you not, I saw her, her spirit leave. Yeah. Really? I, I believe kid that. you not. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So my grandmother, my my mom's mom, she is the uh, the cut up in the family prior to me, and I just called her Granny, but her name was Hazel, and uh, she spent the last years of her life at my mom's house, my house, whatever. I would come home for the summer and hang out, and she she has. She, she talked like this. She had this really funny voice. She said, Clint. And she had a she had a friend who like she had grown up with that lived around the corner with her daughter. And Lucille would call her, you know, and you know how old people are, just babble at each other on the phone or whatever. She was like, Cling will never believe what Lucille told me on the phone today. And I was like, What? You know? Said, Well, she said she got up in the middle of the night. She said, I was thirsty, and I went over to the refrigerator, and I opened the refrigerator, and I got me out a glass of water, and as I shut the door, Hazel, on the other side of the refrigerator, there was the most handsomest man standing there, and he had a suit on and a hat, and he looked so nice, and I was just standing there in my nightgown, and then he just disappeared. It was Joe and, Black. And my grandmother just said, I guess he didn't like what he saw. <laughs> so then a few days later. I feel like I'm listening to a, a version of Medea. She told me that uh, that she got another call from Lucille. This is like just a couple days later. She's I like, would look forward to calls from I know at this point, so right? Fun. Boy, my ears perked up. You know, if Granny mentioned Lucille had called Clint. She said, Hazel, she said, the little green men are here again. <laughs> They're coming up out of the garden. They're climbing up on the house. And like two days later, she died. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, so I've so done like a lot of, uh, like, little, a, like a lot of like investigating into this like theory of like almost like fairies or whatever in the area and. I don't know that I've heard of little green men crawling out of the floor when people are No, no, no. Came, came up out of the garden. Dude, the garden. She would see them on the garden. outside. She would see them on the outside, and they would, like, climb up the side of the house and get on the roof. And these, do what? Tap dance? These sounds, this sounds like the Squatch Gnome. The Squatch Gnome. <laughs> Maybe he didn't like what he saw. <laughs> like Pudge Wookies. That is hilarious. That's Pudge Wookies. Yeah, the Pudge Wookies. Pudge Wookies. Pudge, Pudge Wookies? Or the evil Pudge leprechaun. Wasn't he green? Yeah, the evil gnomes. The evil oh, no. gnomes are green. Yeah. That Pudge Wookie in that uh, Monster Mysteries of America is the worst one. It's like, ah. That's a real thing. <laughs> oh, I, mean, that's I know it is. A but real legend. so ugly. But that like recreation okay. of that is they're, poor. They're horrible spirits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Native American legend, they're evil. So they're not going to be cute. You know, like Skinwalker. 
and what's it? <laughs> I got Dawn cracking up. <laughs> Wendigo, thank you. Wendigo, Skinwalker, and the Pudgewood. Did you see it again for me? <laughs> Hazel is the most handsomest man, and he just disappeared just like that. Well, maybe he didn't like what he saw. <laughs> so like Mr. Bill. <laughs> That? Oh no! <coughs> oh no! <laughs> Joe Black. Man, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, I am so glad you guys came up. Well, thank you for having it. Um, no, we appreciate it. I know you have to much. start working here in a minute. I do, but um, is your boss eyeballing you? No, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Oh, is he? You're kind of sideways. He's, he's actually well, he walked behind you, but he's covering for somebody now. Mm, so, so he's happy. Hmm? So he's happy. A poor guy. He lives up here. Poor bastard. Well, that's what happens when you're a manager. You get any fucking breaks. I can attest to that. Well. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> well, hey, after you guys do the like first, mm-hmm. this is all going to start this fall, right? Yes, it is. And then I think Shelly and I will probably start doing um, little expeditions like that. I know that this uh, September we're going to go back up to where we just were in Arkansas at the Arkansas Cedar Cabins. And uh, those are going to be our home base when we do investigations through there. Because this witness that we just interviewed who we're about to do the show with, um, his sighting was only three miles as a crow flies. Mm -hmm. And this is like a 40-something thousand acre ranch that the mm-hmm. cabins are on really yeah and there's horseback riding so we can go pretty much anywhere, anywhere. too mm-hmm. yeah and he's already you know talking to other people in town and some guy claims to know where the nest is so, i mean it's going to be a really good interview so we're looking forward to that and then we're looking forward to the expedition in september mm-hmm. with uh in arkansas and then of course the north georgia expedition that we're taking registration for in um october right the end on. of october yeah we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a good fall. There will be it is, and we're going to keep coming back and harassing you too. I'm cool with that because we like studio work. It's better than our little yeah. You we know, love it. Call um, in the blog talk deal we got. Going. Oh yeah, it's the so blog awesome. talk. Such a pain in the ass. Um, and when we do the expedition in Georgia, we're also going to be probably well. I'm going to do a talk on DNA collection mm-hmm. and teaching people how to actually correctly collect DNA under human standards mm-hmm. so just in case she'll show her kit yeah and i create yeah. a kit for people that they mm-hmm. can purchase well, monica casting. told me that you wanted to talk about that i was afraid that you're gonna have some kind of like blow dart that you shot at me this no. is how i collect DNA. let us demonstrate <laughs> now <laughs> no basically what i tell <laughs> basically what i tell people is it's just it's it's really just you just really have to be quiet when you sneak up behind somebody. <laughs> Shiv them. Shiv them. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. Dawn's got there, it. Probing. There is a beacle swab in the, in the uh, kit. So well, good luck like, holding them down to stick the Q-tip up right. his ass. Well, it's actually for yourself, so you can... Oh, it's for yourself. To... Stick the Q-tip up your own ass. The Q-tip? The Q-tip. I'm sorry I'm Ooh. laughing too hard. Oh, you're so... Yeah. That was you the other said thing. A fecal sample, and then no, you were I said talking about swabbing. Swab. Oh, a fecal swab. Beakle. Beakle. 
It's inside the mouth. The mouth. It's inside oh. Mouth. So that you can compare your own DNA and say in case there is, quote, yeah. cross-contamination theory. I'm just... I'm telling you, man. Picturing people holding shit down and sticking Q-tips up. <laughs> Makes me think of that line that... It have only you hurts seen, for a minute. Have you seen Harriet's, uh, Scott Harriet's, that journey towards Squatch yes, movie? Yeah, Where he's talking to that guy and he's like, he's like, well, I've seen, I've heard reports of, you know, uh, fecal samples is... As long as your arm and about, you know, this big around. And Scott's like, are, are there any reported screams with samples that size? Have you met Scott? Just just had him on the show. Did not, you? Oh, oh my God. Scott. He's Scott's funny. awesome. Do you think he and I get along? Oh, uh, yeah. you guys, yes. I would actually, that would be quite entertaining. That would be really good. That would you be worth to... the price of admission for any, any I'm glad conference. you said that. I'm it glad would. you say that. You need to let us know when you go back up to Falk. I want to. We all need to go together. That would be fun. How about we just plan something and that's when it or happens. Yeah, that. Well, James is supposed to come the first to week anything. of August. So like the second is the Monday, I think. And I'm not going there in August. I, I know. I told him, uh-uh, dude. You realize uh, what you're getting uh-uh, into. That I ain't no. doing it. We need to go in October, November. I'll go there in November. November would be a good yeah. month because I'm full. In or January even. I'm going to go and I'm just going to do exactly what I did last time, which is just drink some beer and then yell into the field. Are you? This is exactly what I did, monkey. James. Yeah. Are you going to be camping? <laughs> no. Well, Lord, when no. we're there. Yes, you are. Oh, well, no. When I'm just saying there. in August I'm not. Yeah. No. Okay. Because okay. I was going to teach you how to make the redneck air conditioning system that it's we created. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Dry ice, styrofoam cooler, and a fan. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It works. It lets you sleep at night. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's kick ass. I like that. And that's <laughs> my, it makes perfect sense. My thing is. Uh, do you do you actually like cut a hole in the cooler, put the fan in there, yeah. and then put the it, ice in? Force the fan forces the air out. Yeah. A smaller hole with a little uh, PVC pipe right on you. Badass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a battery operated fan. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So about mm-hmm. twenty pounds of dry ice will last you about three days in a hundred degree, hundred percent humidity. I just lay there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, I slept in my tent pretty much naked with. Yeah. Didn't care. You have to. <laughs> and Dawn. Oh, lucky Dawn. Lucky Dawn. He's <laughs> <laughs> given the victory sign. <laughs> he is. Poor man. He Maybe he liked what he saw. <laughs> he didn't disappear. Yeah. All right, God. man. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Know you know it. Once I was happy, I had me a wife.
Podbean podcast application. The Podbean app is far and away the slickest way for you to digest your favorite podcasts. You can get instant updates of new OK Talk episodes, as well as other shows like Sass What and our friends at Monsterland Ohio Radio, just to name a few. You've been saying you want more OK Talk in your life? Make it happen. Check out the Podbean app. It's free, has great features, and lets you easily discover, listen, and even publish your own podcast. If you dare, since Matt and I started OK Talk, Podbean has held our hands all the way, answered all of our questions, and has been a great partner for the show. Whether you use an Android or an iPhone, this is the app for all of your podcast needs. Get the Podbean podcast app now on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Enjoy more from the podcast you love, especially OK Talk. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.